Welcome to the New Media Show, where each Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern, UTC plus 4, Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee take their over 30 combined years of leadership in the podcasting space to discuss, dissect, and deconstruct the current podcasting news, forecasts, trends, and predictions. Now here are your hosts, Academy of Podcasting Hall of Famers, Todd Cochran and Rob Greenlee. Don't eat me, James Cridland. He's not here. He- <laughs> not yet, anyway. He's, it's like, uh, okay, we're, okay, we're talking about James Cridland. He's going <laughs> to He's gonna join us. Join us, <laughs> but it's like 6 a.m. there for him, so he's, he's going to be a little weary-eyed. Uh, 6 o'clock, he should be, you know, that's... A, being it alive be and awake. Fire, yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah, early, early bird catches the worm. Yeah. So, so, so anyway, oh, oh, he said he's calling, but no response. Oh. So is the is Skype up and going? Uh, well, there he is. Ah, here he comes. All right. Uh-huh. Hey, there you are. And, and, and matter of fact, you missed it because we did this. Don't eat me, James Cridland. <laughs> <laughs> I've no idea where that's from, by the way. Absolutely I was, no idea where that's from. <laughs> it was created anyway, by a listener. from tomorrow. Yeah, right. It was just created by a listener to the show. So. <laughs> but anyway, good. welcome yeah. to the show, James. And of course, we kind of started the show kind of weird. Welcome to everybody to the new media show. So Merry yeah. Christmas and happy holidays to everyone. Yeah. So of course, you're, you're a day closer to Christmas, uh, James, and you're obviously, what would be really cool is if I flipped you upside down. And <laughs> yeah, I've never heard that one before. <laughs> well, we're upside down That's to indeed. you too. So, you know, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know, right, totally fair. But, uh, yes, that, that is the, that is the sun coming up, uh, this fine morning. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what the, I'll tell you what Thursday is like for you guys still stuck on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> and the, and the sun is, uh, of course here in, uh, the East coast in the winter. Because it is winter for us and spring for mm-hmm. you, the uh, um, the sun is about ready to set in about an hour. So, indeed. <laughs> 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 anyway, thanks for getting up early and being with us. And uh, yeah, I I guess no, this isn't going to be our last show of the year. I guess we have one more, but um, I guess we're going to talk about podcasting. I think, right? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Hope hopefully. <laughs> I suppose, uh, Todd, I suppose we could talk about new media and radio. Yeah, yeah, we could talk about everything, but it's just, uh, you know, I I was uh, reading, of course, your newsletter came out this morning, and there was something I saw in there that I posted to my team, and I put in there, oh, it was the article that you had linked to of talking about uh, lightning, about the, uh, about Bitcoin and feeds Mm, and, uh, Right. You know, so I just, you know, I'm like, come on, guys, we need to get that enabled on our side so that, uh, you know, we can yeah. in, in PowerPress, but I need to get it for everybody because mm. I think mm. it's important. You know, I don't think a lot of people understand it. You've written a pretty significant I, I, I article on it. I completely agree. <laughs> yes, I think yeah, that's right. the problem. It's still early I was out for, for drinks. Stuff. 
I was out for drinks yesterday with somebody who listens to the Pod News podcast every day because it's a podcast as well as a newsletter, although the newsletter is better. And uh, he was saying, you keep on talking about boostergrams and things like that, and I have no idea what they are. And I'm there thinking, yeah, we should probably explain that a little bit more <laughs> every now and again. In radio, as, as Rob knows, there's there's this sort of whole, whole uh, theory about a reset and you're supposed to reset things because you're always getting new listeners all the time. Right. And uh, maybe we would do well to remember that in terms of um, podcasting as well when we're talking about these sorts of things. Yeah, it's an interesting um, topic, actually. I, I was on a call earlier today talking about um, the convergence of radio and podcasting and how that how that works. And, you know, that's one of those areas that's a little different, right? Because, you know, I mean, on the radio side, you have linear experiences, right? People come in in the mm. middle of stuff. Right. There's not really a, a defined beginning and an end when it comes to linear radio. So you're always yeah. having to reintroduce things to keep, you know, new people up to date with what's going on. And that tends to create kind mm -hmm. of a, a short segment orientation to the medium, which is a little different than podcasting. So bringing those two worlds together, I mean, I'm sure you've done a lot of thinking about that. But as you think about all these radio companies getting involved in podcasting, uh, I'm mm. sure they're going to want to, you know, apply that to what they know best and that's kind of the linear experience and so how do you see those worlds coming together right now what what's the oh, state I mean, of I the think, art yeah i think we're seeing some really interesting things going on with uh, spotify buying uh Wushka, which mm -hmm. is a great great podcast host out of australia out of sydney right. um but the right. secret source that it has is it has a, a a tool which listens to radio broadcasts and cuts them up and makes them mm -hmm. available as podcasts um and you know in, in in many countries you know those are the most listened to shows, uh, particularly in those countries where podcasting maybe isn't quite as popular as it is uh, in in the US or the mm -hmm. UK. Um, and, uh, you know, so you can see that Spotify is very keen in pulling as much radio content into Spotify as they can. And obviously that's, you know, more content that they can slap ads next to. And so therefore right. that will be a good, right. a good thing. And you can also see, you know, I mean, I mean, iHeart owns its own um, uh, podcast host in Omni Studio. Uh, Sirius right. XM owns its own podcast host in Simplecast. Global just bought Captivate, who I used to um, advise for. Um, and Global is is uh, the UK uh, is Europe's largest radio company. So you can very clearly see that there's you know radio is sort of you know coming in and going. Okay, we see that uh, all of this activity around podcasting. We need to have the entire stack, everything from the podcast right. hosting company to the ad sales uh, uh, service, um, obviously the talent as well and blah, blah, blah. So you can see that, you know, every single radio station is uh, every single radio broadcaster is busy building that sort of thing. Yeah. But it's kind of funny. We see lots of radio broadcasters that are supposedly under some mantra, yet they're yes. using multiple service providers. So it's not like they're moving their hosting to whoever has, whoever they're working with. It's just kind of funny because it's like, well, maybe it's going to take them a while to get their act together, but it's just like, you know, we're going through our list. And we're like, okay, are they going somewhere else? And they haven't left in a year. So it's kind of bizarre yeah. to see that they buy these things, but I don't think they have a cohesive strategy. Yeah, I, th I think there may well not be a, co a cohesive strategy yet. I mean, you know, it's, I, I find it fascinating that there are so many 
podcast um, radio broadcast companies out there who are using uh, Megaphone, who of course is owned by Spotify, their arch competition, uh, or, or, or who is owned by yeah. another podcast host that happens to also be owned by one of their competition. You know, I think we, if, if you're iHeart and you buy Omni Studio, then if you're one of iHeart's competition, you might raise an eyebrow if you're hosting on Omni Studio and you might go, eh, do I really want to be giving all of my stats and all of my details to my main main competitor i'm sure that there are you know large walls in between what omni studio mm -hmm. can see and what um iheart can see and similarly what simplecast can see and what sirius xm can see but you know the the fact the fact remains that you know one company is owned by the other so you know you you always have that sort of issue i guess and one thing it's also a reflection of the stray cat mentality in the podcasting space. Everybody kind of likes to go off and do their own thing. And if they're under contract or under some sort of an agreement or they like to be there, so sometimes these, yeah, these big radio companies don't actually own the content. They're, right. they're just partnered with them. So yeah. 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 Indeed. And you know, what we also see too is matter of fact, a little bit of a confusion factor came up for me this week. One of my team members said, Hey, this show is a top 10 show this year. We're, we're coming out with a top 10 list. And I'm like, mm. I'm like, uh, they don't, that particular show hosts somewhere else. And they're like, well, they've got a pro account and I knew about the pro account, but what they were running was yeah. their premium, their premium content <clears throat> under our pro account. And so it was kind of funny. Their, their actual premium content made into our top 10 list, even though wow. their public show <laughs> it's hosted yeah. somewhere else. It's hosted somewhere it's, else. It's, so, you know, I'm, I'm sure that's going to, raise a few eyebrows when we release yeah. that next week but it's yeah. it's kind of funny <laughs> yeah well i'm looking forward to seeing that uh, that that uh, top 10 list there's a few surprises in there <laughs> <laughs> i knew about them but go. i think other people will be maybe they won't be surprised <laughs> but yeah um anyway it's it is a fun time this this end of the year i'm actually i don't know rob i don't know about you but i've actually had a breather this week <laughs> i've actually been able to do I had nothing on my schedule from 9.30 this morning until 3. And for me, that never happens. So it's like you get a good like five-hour run to get caught up on stuff and then have a leisure lunch and not have to dash back for a meeting. So. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. The, the, the blog post that you had mentioned, James, in your newsletter um, that was written by Dave Weiner. Um, oh. you know, he wrote an article about, um, why podcasting isn't dominated by one large company, though. I think that there's many in this space, especially as you think about the big media companies that, that think that they are dominating. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's, it's not as easy to dominate this medium as I think a lot of, um, larger companies think it is. Are they really thinking they're going to dominate? I think they would like to, and I think if you there's a few uh, brands out there that I think have given that impression that they already do, right? So well, you know, we ran some year numbers, and at <laughs> least on our side, I can tell you one that is not at least with us, right? You know, our annual average, you know, put that particular company I think at six point seven percent. And you probably know who I'm talking about. Where everyone else is, this, is up. Is his company number one for podcasting? By any chance? Uh, no, that's not. Uh, that's, well, there's a couple of them that are they claim that. <laughs> iHeart claims that, and Spotify claims that. <laughs> but I'll tell you that uh, Spotify was not above six point seven percent. I'll just say that much. 
<laughs> the mm. annual average, at least for us. Mm. Well, it's mm. it's sometimes confusing too because some of the research is coming out saying that uh, that Spotify has surpassed Apple, um, but that's sometimes we're comparing apples to oranges yeah. on that on those things too because sometimes they're talking about the number of users, right? And yeah. it just so happens that those numbers of users aren't listening to as much content as what they're doing on Apple. Um, but though there may be fewer people, right? So what's happening with Spotify to be more specific is that there's, there may be more podcast users on Spotify, but they're not consuming as much as they are on Apple. And sometimes that gets lost in the translation. <laughs> you know, and also if you look yeah. at, you know, look at our makeup, you know, for really more than five years, we've been pushing heavily and having our own solution before Google came on this scene to right. subscribe to Android. So our Android adoption as a whole for our customer base is massive. It's, it's, it's really, really big. And no one else has those kinds of Android adoption numbers because they haven't had a, a strategy to help their podcasters get on, get on Android. Uh, not a good one, in my opinion. So we've got a long head start. We got at least a five-year head start on everyone from our customer base. So when right. we come out, with our, come out with our list, people are going to say, how, how is that number possible? So there's going to be, mm. people are going to go, hmm. What do you think will happen uh, if and when Apple Podcasts launches an Apple Podcasts <laughs> Android app? I've just lost a, a bet with uh, Adam Curry that they were going to do that this year, but I'm convinced they're going to do that next year. Well, I, I will say that I've had lunch a few times with people and have Asked. This is classic Todd. Yes, and, I, and I have asked, are we yeah. going to see an Android app? And there's always a non-committal, right. you know, yeah. I, I don't think so. Personally, just based on, I, I don't think, if they do, I, I'd be happy that they would. But I, mm. I don't think they will. Do you think that that would turn into the number one podcast app on Android relatively quickly no. because it's a known because it's a known brand and everybody's heard of it? No, I don't think so because wh why did Apple Podcasts and why did iOS why was it so successful? It was one reason. Single click, subscriber follow. Single click and mm. it happened. Whereas well maybe two clicks. You get into the app, then you hit subscriber follow. But that's why we introduced subscribe on Android years ago was that one click function to bring it up so that mm. they could hit subscriber follow. It's all about the user experience and the podcasters. I, you know, I did reports for years where the podcast, a lot of podcasters still, even today don't even talk about Android. Mm. Nothing. They mm. don't say they, they'll say now they'll say Apple and Spotify. Mm. Yeah. I wonder how many times Apple podcasts is searched for on the Google play uh, app store. Because I, mm. I bet, I bet it's a load. I bet it's a load of people who've who've gone. You know what? I keep on hearing that my that, that this uh, this podcast is on Apple Podcasts. How do I get Apple Podcasts on on this Android phone? Um, and I just wonder whether people out there, not you and I, but but people out there, fully grasp that. Uh, no, you know, Google Podcasts or Stitcher, or you want Podcast Addict, or you want mm -hmm. you know Fountain, or whatever it whatever it might be. Um, I, I'm really fascinated. Uh, you know, I'm fascinated in seeing, you know, in seeing that. Um, and also fascinated. I mean, you know, you're talking about Rob, you were talking about the Spotify, 
you know, that uh, there's research that comes out every single day about um, Spotify and showing that they are, you know, increasing and most popular platform for podcast listening is a new piece of uh, data that I've seen. And again, most popular it probably is in terms of numbers. Um, and this is data from Morgan Stanley. Um, but what I found interesting um, is, uh, and this is going to go into, um, into pod news tomorrow, but what I found interesting is that um, the uh, adding podcasts into it seems to have um, increased the brand's user satisfaction. So people are more satisfied with Spotify now that they've got, you know, podcasts in there. Um, and, you know, and it seems to be, so Morgan Stanley say, seems seems to be helping Spotify grow as a music, uh, you know, app because uh, people are finding, you know, additional content in there, which I, I, I just thought interesting. I, I'd not seen any correlation between what Spotify is doing in terms of podcasting and uh, and any increase in their music app. But uh, Morgan Stanley appears to say that that's the case. Well, it just gives the the user more reasons to come into the app and look for content, um, mm. I think is what happens. Um, so it, it, it probably hasn't um, dramatically increased the amount of music that's listened to. I think mm. what what I've seen in the research over the years, and it's kind of kind of evolved, is that what it creates is just more consumption across the board. But it doesn't really spike one or the but other. But it sure doesn't equate in actual right. data. That's the thing that I'm I tried to get oh, get back. Oh, an to. actual actual consumption. The actual of consumption. Mm, yeah. Right. Now it, it, right. it equates it equates to the actual data. I mean, if you talk to uh, PodTrack, for example, who can work out, you know, um, unique users as well as as well as total downloads. We, as I'm we, sure do, you we can. do that as then well. We've been... Then there's a big difference. Uh, the, the, there's there's a big difference there as well. It'd no, be interesting to see. I don't whether agree. You have that that data. Yeah, I, I I have that same data. I've had that data for years. It doesn't agree. It doesn't match. It doesn't show. Okay. You know, yeah, because it, it doesn't. And, it, and again, I think each platform and who yeah. they're measuring and 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 each who platform. they're so, and Rob and I've talked about this before. Yeah. Um, I know who our user personas are. I'm not going to talk mm, about it on mm. the show because, I, you know, I, I spent a lot of money figuring that out. Yes. So I know who my user personas are. And I know that my user personas are not necessarily content that is going to be super popular on Spotify. Right. Yeah. So if you have content that more fits into a Spotify user mm. base, their user persona, whether it be true crime, whether it be sports, whether it be entertainment shows, I don't think you're finding people listening to a lot of business shows, a lot of tech. I don't think like this, yeah, show, yeah. Like this show, this They're show, definitely this, not listening to my show. They, right. I think, I think, I think <laughs> I we, maybe we have one or two that listen to this show on Spotify, but it's, it's very, very small. Yeah. So I think also the makeup of the shows and at the same time, they've got some big name shows. So of course people are listening to a lot of Rogan. A lot of people are listening to those top mm. shows that they bought. So that equals yeah. to a lot of listens for those yeah. shows. But for the average yeah. podcaster, I don't think it amounts to much. Yeah. 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 Maybe. Do you, do you have any sense of how many people on either of your platforms, um, how, how many people are listed on Apple Podcasts? Because um, oh, uh, Buzzsprout once gave me a stat saying 60% of their shows, only 60% of their shows were on Apple Podcasts because it was just, you know, the, 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 just the, um, the, the 
things that you need to go through to register an yeah. Apple ID and blah, blah, blah. It was just too complicated for quite a lot of people. Do you, did you have any sense, either of you, on how many of your shows are on Apple Podcasts? I'm guessing most of them, but... It's, it's, uh, it's similar. I mean, I think, and this also accounts for, I talked to Adam Curry here re- recently about his difference mm. between his four, four 4.5 million and what Apple is uh, reporting at the two, two and a half million shows. Mm. And the discrepancy is, is a lot of shows don't submit to Apple or they don't submit to Spotify. So, yeah. so, so, so sometimes, you know, things you know, I think as we've attracted a lot of new podcasters to the medium, they, they haven't always been, you know, keen and doing a terrific job of getting into all of the platforms. I think, um, anchor just to give an example was doing that automatically for a lot of people, but now they've Mm. dropped that. Right. So now there's going to be a big discrepancy between shows that are published on anchor (laughs) that are available on Apple. Right. Because that's not happening automatically. Right. Well, yeah, I, I, because we, a way our onboarding process works and the way we try to get people up and running, that's the goal, right. get them to episode one, get them out, get them published. I would say, and I don't have an exact number, we could probably run that pretty quickly, but I would say in the high 90s of the shows that are hosted with us are, are on, on Apple Podcasts. It, it just reflects in the total right. numbers. I think we're at 56, I, yeah, I'm going to get the number wrong. I think it was 56. It's much lower on Spotify. I, right? I think it was 56.7. Right. Right. Um, you know, mm. again, for an annual percentage, again, it doesn't talk about, well, I took the, here's what I did. I took the, the database number, mm. uh, the 3 billion or whatever it was, total downloads. And I ran the query to look at, okay, what it was the percentage that came from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Cat, you know, basically the list. Yeah. And, um, and again, it was, you know, Apple was about 50, I think around 56%. So, um, Mm, but mm. again, there, you know, it's a little, some of that stuff is a little fuzzy, even, you know, depends on oh, the completely, completely. Yeah. And there's the whole Apple core media yep, stuff, which yep. is so frustrating. It, it is. It, yeah. It, yeah. You know, there's yeah. one, there's one thing that Apple could do there to completely fix that. So the, 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 the they're um, listening just, by the way, just to help people. <laughs> oh, they, they listen to everything I do, which is a concern. Um, uh, so, um, so uh, if you are if you are uh, in inverted commas streaming, if you're using a progressive download, then your Apple iPhone will al- almost always just say Apple Core Media as the user agent. You know, um, sure, uh, uh, as you know. And one thing that Apple could really do to really help the podcast industry is to open it's their own SDK is just to let you set a user agent for that SDK. Um, it would be really helpful, but it's clearly nothing to do with the Apple Podcasts team. It's to do with the Apple, uh, you know, iPhone team. Um, but it would be so so helpful if they were able to end up doing that because I think that's where a lot of the discrepancy in these in these numbers is. Um, I see, you know, somewhere in the region of twenty uh, percent of all of my downloads are to Apple Core Media, and you can't instantly say, well, that's Apple Podcasts because no. it isn't. Uh, and there are some right. podcast hosts that pile everything into uh, into the Apple Podcasts right. number right. if they see Apple Core Media, which is wrong. There are some that take it all away, mm-hmm. which is also wrong. Um, <laughs> and you know, and you have to do an awful yeah. lot of playing around, as I've done on on my own 
show but there again my own show only gets 2500 downloads so i don't i don't have a worry about how much i spin up my servers and everything else um but actually being able to pull out the real numbers uh and do some sort of fiddling around with rss user agents and everything else is really interesting but it's something that not an awful lot of large podcast hosts you know are doing so you end up with these wildly different numbers of what apple's yeah. figures yeah. are and so therefore what the entire um, you know what the entire uh, market uh, uh, actually is. This uh, this this sun is beautiful, is it not? Yeah. So it if, if you keep your head, creating... if you keep your head just that way a little yeah. bit, there. That's yeah, there you yeah, keep keep the sun to the back. You get you the go. sunburn this back. Is make, there. This is making for great radio. <laughs> um, so, yeah. it's creating quite um, a godlike halo around. Yeah, that's it, right. James. But that's you know, right. overall, in the end, in the end, we all get wrapped around this yeah. information and what mm. and what do podcasters still want they want to grow they don't right. you know they don't they don't care yeah, where they course. listen they want to grow mm. you know yeah and some people get down in the weeds eileen says in the chat she says people are new to podcasts young and old don't care so much about apple as veteran podcasters do we don't care i as a veteran podcaster i don't care about apple but <laughs> we wouldn't be here without them so yeah. I think that uh, we don't care where new people listen. I really, really don't. But, you know, who? every time I get someone that isn't, well, if they are subscribed to a podcast, almost mm. invariably, they'll, they'll say, well, what, what's your podcast? And I'll say, well, open up your phone and I'll get it for you. And nine out of 10 times, they open Apple Podcasts on their, on their Android device or another, I mean, on, on excuse me, on their Apple yeah. device. And right. I just find it and you know make follow them right there, and take a quick peek at what they're already following. But every once in a while, I'll find somebody using Overcast or Pocket Cast or some of those types of apps. And then again, sometimes mm. people aren't watching anything at all, or mm. listening to anything at all. Mm. So yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not yeah. going to get too worried about it. But Spotify is not going to own the podcasting space. Going back to Dave Weiner's article. To no, go back I mean, to what you were talking about, James, about um, whether Apple is going to do something on Android, um, I think Todd and I, and I've been talking about that um, for a long time now, especially when you think about the concept of um, Apple very early put um, iTunes on Windows. It's it's kind of a similar mm -hmm. type of situation um, where Apple saw scale and they saw an opportunity to scale to a much larger platform, and that, that would be Android, right? Um, mm. but Apple hasn't updated iTunes either on windows. Um, so, you know, it could be that Apple's in this yeah. era now where they're, they just only want to work primarily with their own platform, though they have branched out and added, um, I guess, Apple music to Android, right? Yeah. So, so basically anything, so it's possible. anything that earns, yeah. anything that earns Apple money appears to be on the, on the Android platform as well. So well, iTunes is well, no longer earning, added earning premium any money. content now. So maybe there yeah, is yeah, a yeah. play there. Mm. Exactly. So mm. that, that, this is my thinking. That was my thinking earlier on in the year about w whether Apple Podcasts would add, because there was no reason for them to do that before. Oh, so it's a good, now, good point. Now that you can follow a podcast and you can, sorry, you can subscribe to follow. a podcast, you can yeah. spend <laughs> money on a podcast uh, with Apple and Apple gets there 30%. 
um, then there's a real opportunity for them to, instead of just getting the fi- that, that 30% of revenue from the 50% of people who are using iPhones, to get them from everybody. Right. And you look at what's available on, on Android now, uh, and there's Apple Music, which is additional revenue for them. There's Apple mm-hmm. TV+, Plus, which is also available on Android, and Android TV. Yep. Um, which is additional revenue for them. Uh, and there are a few other things like Find My Device and and those sorts of things, uh, which are, of course, you know, tying back to the Apple hardware, which is revenue for them, which is also available on Android. So you, you can kind of see that the if, if Apple Podcasts is making money, which it must be to a degree in terms of their paid subscriptions, then wouldn't it be useful for them to to essentially double the amount of people you know who are there? And I think it's interesting when you look at the um, there was some uh, announcements from um, a few podcasters a couple of weeks ago that they were not just using Apple Podcasts paid subscriptions, but they were also branching out and being available on all of the other platforms through uh, supporting cast. Uh, this was Slate and uh, Pushkin, um, and both of them were. Saying Saying at the time, we are doing this so that people on other platforms can, mm. you know, enjoy our shows and pay for our shows as well. Um, so I'm sure that it would please the publishers as well, were Apple Podcasts to be available on, on an Android d- device. Mm-hmm. So I've I've already lost um, 100,000 sats, which is about sixty dollars to <laughs> to uh, to uh, Adam Curry, like he needs it. Um, and I have renewed that bet for another year, so I'm probably I'm probably going to lose another hundred thousand sats. But still, there you go. That's funny. Yeah, I think your hypothesis, <laughs> if I said that yeah. correctly, is correct. That's a good word. Yeah, I think I think that's a I think that's a good one. I think it makes sense that they would consider mm. that. But the question then really is how, okay, you think about development resources. I know what it costs to build an app, you know, and it costs Apple money too. So let's say it's uh, probably a poor, quarter poor of a skint Apple without, with, with none of the money. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think if there's one company in the world that can afford it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right. But there, but there's some bean counter somewhere that's saying, okay, it's a quarter million dollars to put in yeah. an Android app together. And okay, how long is it going to take to pay that back? And, you know, so maintain it and, you know, and in the end they're going to go, okay, does the math make sense? And some bean counter has to sign off on that transaction. Yeah. So we'll We'll see see what Tim Apple has to say. (laughs) (laughs) Or, Or Apple just does it to put a dig on Google. Now, you know, with Google fooling around and can't figure out what they're doing. Well, I think we know what they're doing, but you know, we'll, we'll see. You know, yeah, there's an opportunity here. Well, and as as um, there's this discrepancy between shows that are that are available in Apple and ones that are available in the podcasting space grows, I I think it's also going to put pressure on Apple to embrace a better submissions process as well. Yeah, because um, yeah. that's been one of the things that has held back the development of their catalog was um, having to log into an Apple ID and and manually submitting where their competitors like Spotify have done distribution deals like with mm. Todd and I, um, to create a one click yeah. submission process, um, to get content into their platform. And you can see how yeah, that should, should be really easy. They should get some form of, uh, of uh, API. And of course, uh, anchor was using those, um, the, that, that, you know, some sort of weird API that they'd built for themselves to auto submit. 
Um, something, by the way, that Anchor and Apple both deny, which I have to have to always say, because apparently they had no uh, no special arrangement. Um, but uh, yeah, so you can and you can really see. I don't know if you've seen the stats of new shows that Daniel J. Lewis puts together. Yeah. Um, and you can see that slowing down, really slowing down after June of this year when Anchor yeah. stopped, you know, auto, um, you know, so sticking many, things into yeah. into Apple automatically. Yeah, and it's a real large slowdown. And as you say, Todd, good because it actually stops flooding the Apple Podcasts uh, directory with nonsense, um, with you know, one show called Test. Or in the person um, going test, 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 yeah, test. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But of course, that would never have gone in because Apple have never given them a free ride. Uh, so, so that's okay. Um, but uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm delighted that Apple aren't that uh, um, Anchor aren't doing that anymore. I'm delighted that those shows that you see in the Apple Podcasts directory have been purposefully put there. Um, but I would agree uh, uh, with you, Rob. I think um, you know the, the sooner that Apple can have some form of API or even just you know OAuth uh, into it so that you still have to fiddle around with an Apple ID, but at least you don't have to mm-hmm. copy and paste RSS feeds all over the place because that's that's right. not easy for you know somebody who's who's uh, who's a brand new on this. Um, right. You know that would be really really helpful, but there's a ton of things that. Uh, could could be done that could be really really helpful i'm sure yeah i think we're we're past the the era of um of podcasters having to cut and paste rss feeds around mm. <laughs> i think and, and i think so, they yeah. yes I you know so. just uh yeah i guess i can say this they're aware you know, oh, of that, course they are. Right. Uh, of this yeah, oh, yeah, want yeah. and yeah, i've been asking them for like the last 15 years i know so, but yeah. i think they're if I was to make a prediction, um, I would predict we would see that in the next year. If I was to make a mm. prediction, right? Uh, mm. Potentially, we'd see that in the next year. But you know, I hope. Well, I think they need to do it from a competitive standpoint. Right. Todd. And I also, I, I, I also hope that they have some criteria um, that goes along with it. So maybe you have to publish two episodes or three to do the auto API submission. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm talking out of my. Well, I think that's what the iHeart folks did early on too, and they they wound up backing off on that. That's true. Mm, mm. Well, they, their number was bigger. Well, it was five episodes. Right. Right. Yeah. And and a certain amount of time too. But you know, we found you know, it's just like when we were, when I was really heavily running tech podcasts. Same thing. I made shows have at least a minimum of seven episodes. And we looked at the time spacing on them. And even then, when we approved shows, mm-hmm. uh, you know, more than 50% of them failed before they hit 20. So it still ended up me having to go in and clean up, you know, dead shows on that platform. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but Todd, Todd, putting a limit like that on there doesn't help a show get to five episodes. So that's the problem. Yeah, that's true. Because <laughs> they may shut it down because they don't get enough Not action. Enough action, yep. Right. And when you don't have, when you have people now that don't know how to right click a mouse, <laughs> literally, um, yeah, that one click, left click subscribe or left click, left click submit would be wonderful. So I wanted to throw it to both of you guys. Um, do, do you guys see any future for the impacts of artificial intelligence on podcasting? Because it seems like the podcasting industry does kind of play a little bit behind on technology innovation. 
But do you guys see anything bubbling, James? Have you heard anything about artificial intelligence kind of coming into podcasting? I mean, I, I, I guess it depends what bit where, of Where and what, right? right. Yeah, yeah. So I, I linked a, a couple of weeks ago to a really interesting podcast that was built entirely from AI. So the music behind was AI. The um, It was a sort of a nonsense story designed, uh, uh, frankly, to put you to sleep. Um, <laughs> and that was written by AI. And then even the show art was done by AI. Uh, and uh, very, very clever. But of course, you know, it's just a piece of of audio art, if you like. It's not necessarily a podcast, um, but, you know, a very clever thing. But I think we're seeing some, I mean, I think that artificial intelligence is one of those words, phrases, which is bandied around and means different things to different people. But I think, right. um, you know, we are seeing some very clever use of AI or algorithms or whatever in terms of getting rid of noise, uh, you, you know, noise reduction or getting rid of, um, you know, uh, uh, swapping between cameras, Riverside, for example, right. when you use that right. um, that uh, service, it's got this thing where it will uh, make a video file for you mm -hmm. of your of your interview, and right. and they call it artificial intelligence. I'm not sure it is, but it it <laughs> knows because it's looking right. at the audio, it knows when to switch a camera and can switch a camera early because it can look ahead in the audio and go, okay, Todd is about to speak. We'll turn his camera on. Uh, and so all of that stuff, right. and you can call that artificial intelligence because frankly, you know, it's, it is pretty clever. Um, but yeah, right. so, so there's a bunch of that kind of stuff going on. Where, where, where were you sort of thinking, Rob, in terms of uh, um, your sort of definition of artificial intelligence there? Yeah, I think that there's, there's probably two major areas that can be used. I, I think, um, and I think where it's going to get used most effectively the soonest is is in trying to find context inside audio so as you think about um the the convergence of transcripts with the mm. ability of the computer to, to to listen to the audio and analyze the audio and then be, be able to make certain decisions about the audio um or mm. to create you know context right to be able to maybe create um certain clips that have context to it maybe find mm. um locations to be able to do dynamic ad insertion um, mm. that is, is based on the context and the the audio patterns, right? Um, so I think that's more kind of a back-end kind of thing. I think um, yeah, on, so the creation, uh, yeah, on the creation yeah, side, it's so, a different thing, right? Mm, mm, yeah, I mean, you can well see that podcast transcripts might be really handy in knowing, well, this podcast is talking about registering a domain name. Uh, we'll put an ad in there for GoDaddy. Um, you can see that that would be a really useful, clever piece of, of, of uh, tools. And maybe it's one of the reasons why you see a bit of a scramble at the moment from podcast hosts busy working out how they can support transcripts better. Um, quite apart from obviously the fact that, uh, you know, one, one company is getting sued for not, for not making them. Um, but you can see that there's real opportunities in terms of just, uh, you know, ad revenue as well there. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And, and obviously addressing, you the, think, you think transcripts is going to help stuff. You right. think transcripts is going to help ad revenue? Yeah, I think so. I think I think if you know what a show is about, if, if, in terms of the programmatic, in terms oh, okay. of the bucket stuff at the bottom, but if you know what a show is about, if you know what a show is talking about, then 
you know, you you can you can you can well see that that might be you know another useful useful signal. Um, I I find it weird, you know, and and obviously the ads that I get are very different to the ads that you guys get, but I find it very weird when I'm listening to. Um, you know, uh, a very gritty uh, true crime gr- dramas and everything else, and then all of a sudden up pops an ad for you know Pizza Hut or something, and you're there <laughs> thinking, really, is this really is this really program compatible? You know, I don't know. Um, so you know, anything I think that helps with that and makes the advertising better is probably a good thing. Yeah. Well, and I think it can get get a little creepy on the other end of the spectrum too, where you, let, let's say you're you're in a true crime podcast and they're talking about. Yeah gun violence or something like that and then, then there's an ad for you know a gun or something i don't know um, yeah so you know that contextual uh, relevancy can be used as another form of targeting right and i think that's yeah. that's what s- some people are starting to think about this as as we kind of more and more kind of get limited in our ability to do um specific user targeting it becomes more contextual to the content and i think there's kind of i I think it's still a little bit up in the air how effective that actually is in reality i've been uh running programmatic on geek and central now for about two and a half months oh yeah and um it's a test some things we're doing and I'll be honest with you, the ads have not been bad because I've got about 10 people that are reporting in across the country. Mm-hmm. What did you get? What's, what's, what ad did mm-hmm. you hear? And, um, and I, did, I left the filter open. I didn't turn off any category of ads. And so far, they've mm-hmm. been, at least in my short amount of reporting that's come back, is they've been pretty... They've been pretty good. They've been either regionally aligned or they've been, they fit. I haven't got any weird thing. Uh, at least it's been reported back to me. No one sent me an email and my, my, my listeners are pretty vocal. If they hear something they don't like. They're going to, they're going to, you know, they're going to put me on blast. So uh, I think it really depends on the system that you're integrating with too, on how, on how good it is to know where your show lays in a, you know, in the stack, the category and the, you know, I think it also goes into the indexing on the platform that's doing the programmatic. Yeah. Because they can, they can say, and you can also say within programmatic, I don't want sex. I don't want politics. I don't want, you know, three, four or five, whatever categories, broad categories you don't want. Um, but again, it's, but you know, programmatic right now is CPMs aren't that bad. Right. Right. Believe That's it or true. not, they are not that bad in the in full scheme of things. Yeah, I think it's in the, there's, I think there's still a pretty good size range in that, Todd, right now. But I have yeah. heard of, of CPMs up as high Dem- as 18. Demand is super high and there's not enough right. inventory right now. That's right. the problem. Yeah. There's not enough inventory. Right. And they're clamoring to get clamoring inventory, inventory out there. Right. And right. I think it leads to some of the stuff that James has been reporting on about you know, CPM rates and these, you know, got to have a million dollars of, you know, advertising on Joe Rogan and a half million here and, yeah. you know, 300,000 there, you know, that, that's stupid money, you know, well, it's not right. stupid money. It's fantastic if they can get it. Um, but mm. you know, I, I think back to when we were doing deals at a, you know, quarter million a quarter and you know, they, they went, they weren't worried then about, uh, about too much, 
too much of the same ad going into the same show. That wasn't a problem, even in mm. the early days. And they're all worried now about, oh, if you hear it three, you know, in three different weeks, that's too many. That's too many of the same ad to hear. Well, I, I don't agree. This isn't radio. This is podcasting. You know, radio. Yeah, radio here three times in one hour you know i mean those advertisers are still concerned about uh brand safety yeah Uh, you know with the programmatic stuff too but if you look at what's happening on on average around the cpms for hostries um is it's in the 23 24 bucks um and up uh depending on the 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 deal but so that's not that much of a delta if we're no if it if we're at the high mm. end of, at 18, 19 on the programmatic side and the I host think, reads are at 23, 24, you can kind of see how those, those worlds are colliding. Uh, well, I don't think programmatic is in 18 to normal 12, 13 high. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I'm, mm. Seven to yeah, 10 I agree normal. That's at the upper end of the, right. Of 18 the, is, I mean, yeah. is if, if, right. if, if, if I'll take 18 every single day of the week. Yeah, yeah, but that's huge <laughs> increase from what it was just yeah. like three years ago. Because right? it, it's all about demand. There's, right. there's, there's. Right. They don't have enough inventory to yeah. fill. Right. So, uh, so Advertise Cast, which is part of Libsyn, published their right. um, CPM rate and uh, on a monthly basis, and it is fascinating seeing how that works, and fascinating seeing you know the big dip in the middle of last year as we had no idea what was going on with COVID and everything else. Um, and, uh, now, you know, it, uh, they're reporting for November that the average was $23 and 26 cents for a yeah. 60 second ad spot, um, which, you know, may or may not be a little bit too long, but, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting seeing those, those numbers. And I think any, you know, what would be brilliant is for more companies like that to share some of the information, um, because, you know, the more data that we have, the more information that we can actually, you know, compare ourselves with, then the more useful it'll be. So, uh, you know, I think that they're doing some really good, you, you know, good, uh, good ideas there. So, yeah. In the end, um, and I think we're at this point, five years ago, podcasters weren't willing to give up control right. mm. to do programmatic. Right. Now we're in a different space. I think podcasters are finally at the point where they're maybe a little, they're more open to allowing an unknown ad go as a pre-roll on their show. As mm. long as they can say which categories to exclude. Um, yeah, yeah I, I think it's, I mean, I, think I, we're there. I, I agree with you, but I do think that we still have to do an ever increasing better job of, of helping those podcasters understand who the advertisers are. Um, as much as we can. I know that's a lot. There's also a good mix. There's a good right. mix out there of, you know, uh, ad revenue, but also, you know, what Adam Curry talks about, the whole value for value. And value for value needn't be, you know, cryptocurrency and everything else. Value for value could be just asking somebody, please support me. Please, yeah. so if you really like this podcast. Right. Um, Come to come to Patreon. Uh, send us a, a tip on you know uh, PayPal, whatever it whatever it might be. Um, and I think what what is interesting now is that we're seeing more and more different ways of earning revenue right, from right. the programmatic ads to the to the sponsors to those sorts of tip stuff to um, uh, paid subscriptions and everything else. And I suspect that, you know as we see more and more of those different routes happening. 
um, that, that, that there's a phrase that means something completely different in Australia, uh, then um, <laughs> I'm sure that we'll see. Uh, I'm sure that we'll see. You know, just sort of different ways into you know great creative content um, that doesn't necessarily have to be promoted by advertising right. um, and by somebody shouting at you for th- for 30 seconds about a uh, about insurance in the shape of a lizard. Um, you know, we can probably do other <laughs> things there as well. There's no- nothing wrong with insurance from lizards. That's right. Um, That's yeah. Right. I think, though, part of the challenge still remains that, um, okay, as an example, uh, and just use my personal show, obviously I've mm. had a sponsor the entire time. The audience mm-hmm. knows I've had a sponsor for that show. So they know that any money they give me, and I designate where that money goes in those donations. Mm. I say it goes to my writers, goes to the production of the show, goes everything for the upkeep of the podcast. None of it comes to me directly. Well, ultimately I get to keep more of my regular sponsorship money for me, but the, the donations go towards the production of the site and the show. And Mm. I've always wondered what would happen. I don't want this to happen, but I wondered what would happen if that company right there decided that they weren't going to sponsor the show anymore. If that happens, Mm. then what will the audience do? Will the audience and say, okay, he's not got, he doesn't have a, and for those of you listening, I pointed at the sign on my desk. So yes. I, I didn't Which want says to. says godaddy.com, by the okay. way. Let's not, let's, not, let's, let's not mess around here. So if they decide, <laughs> if they decide that they're not going to sponsor the show anymore, I, I've always yeah. wondered what would happen. I say, okay, hey, I'm on my own now. Uh, you, got, you know, now we need to take it to a whole nother level. Would they, would they jump in? That's, that's mm. where... And I think that's what happens with a lot of shows that are monetized. They don't really want to risk that monetization for a user-supported model. But if you're not on a sponsorship already, there's no risk in asking mm. for donations. So right. and if you can build mm. that base up, that's, that's, you know, that's fantastic. Because then they become super fans of the show and are promoting it because they have a vested interest to do so. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's important, uh, you know, but I think, you, you know, there's a whole, um, I think that's what that, that's, what's quite exciting around podcasting now is that, is that the ways that you can monetize a show, if you want to do that, and let's, and let's remember, you know, not 90% of people don't, or 90% of people want to, um, you know, just big themselves up as being an influencer as, as, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But those people who do want to monetize their show, you know, they could absolutely do that with, um, you know, with a, a variety of different methods. Uh, and, you know, and that makes uh, and that makes a bunch of sense. And, you know, if you've if you've got a long term sponsor, then that makes absolute sense. Uh, if you're looking for a, a, a domain name, uh, geekuscentral.com. <laughs> Uh, is the place to go. So that's yeah, right. you know, I think I, I think that makes a uh, you know a bunch of sense. But I think that's um, you know just self-sustaining creativity was was the way that some people have uh, have have uh, called it, and I really like that as a phrase because yeah, actually you know everybody can be really creative and do some great stuff, but at the end of the day, it needs to be sustainable in some way, shape, or form. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I'm curious about you know the sustainability of advertising as a method of monetization over time too. I mean, I, you know, is there something new coming, you know, the, this whole cryptocurrency thing, is there, you know, like you're just saying, James, there's a lot of other models. And I, I do think just to add to this 
discussion that there are a lot of podcasters out there that would like to make money from advertising, mm-hmm. but they currently can't uh, because either their show isn't big enough or they don't know how to get it done, how to position their show to, to, to be good for advertising. Um, mm. So there's still this curve that we're still climbing to get there. And I know when Todd and I first started in this medium, there were a lot of uh, shows that were getting ad buys, but now mm. the the industry is kind of consolidated um, and only buying big shows. And so what I'm seeing is the programmatic is an opportunity to get back into buying across larger numbers of shows again. Um, yeah, I think it's a it, scale thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And you're it's making, hopeful making it see. easier for the advertisers. Right. Um, yeah. Right. I, 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 uh, I was part of the team that sold podcast advertising in February of 2004, which was quite yeah. a, quite a push. Yeah. Sorry, February yeah, of 2005. <laughs> February of 2005. Podcast, uh, which was quite a push to the UK <laughs> government, by the way. I should wow. Say. Wow. Yeah. That's great. So, yeah. <laughs> so there's a thing. You know, it's, and again, 50% of podcasters don't care about making any money. Exactly. You know, so that's another piece to this too. Exactly. And I'll tell you one thing about, about that. It, it, it's, it's something that I've noticed with the whole value for value thing and the whole sort of, you know, boostergrams where you get to send a message through your app with a, a little tip. That is, uh, that is really surprising when you turn that on and we should get this turn. We, we should get that turned on on this show because once you turn it on, then you get these, all of these messages from people who are listening to your show. They're accompanied with money which is a good thing. But also, secondly, it means that you always get positive messages. You know, when I used to be on the radio uh, a long, long time ago, you know, then, uh, uh, um, you know, thankfully, you know, text messaging hadn't been invented, but uh, emails certainly (laughs) had. You would get these, you know, grumpy emails whenever you'd play a song that people didn't like or whatever it was. And I'm sure that, Rob, you had the same same sort of thing as well. Um, whereas, Whereas the beauty about something like, um, a boostergram is that you are sending money, you are sending a tip. Therefore, it's it's always likely to be a positive message. And if it isn't a positive message, well, more fool them because they've sent me some money along, alongside with their with their insult. You know, so um, you know. I mean, I think I think even you know just little things like that really change a podcaster's view from. Oh my, you know, I'm I'm broadcasting this thing. Um, I'm sticking it on a podcast. No one is listening. I'm just seeing a couple of numbers coming out of my podcast host to turning around and going, you know, I know I've got people listening. They're sending me me messages. I'm getting feedback. And that's a tremendous step, uh, I think, against things like pod fading and against people Mm -hmm. losing interest because they can see that the real people out there rather than just a random number in their podcast host's dashboard. I think, too, is the... You know, I always said any email was good email because I knew they were listening. Either they were pissed off or not. So I had this one guy mm. out of Brooklyn. His name was Sal. As a matter of fact, I kind of miss him. He finally got sick of listening to the show and, and left. But, you know, Sal would send me these, uh, yeah. you know, these these uh, very uh, warm emails that I would read on the show, of course. Long, long emails, Todd? I mean, oh, some of they, these people they, would write like well, they would be, there would be, you know, like an opinion on opinion on my opinion on something. And of course it was differing, mm-hmm. which was fine. And, uh, but I always love getting those because it caused lots of conversation. Right. But yeah. you're right. And it was exciting to get those emails because I knew people were engaged and, you know, to, to James's credit here, 
um, when it's all hate, then it kind of sucks. But, you know, if you have a good intermix of people supporting you, it's good yes. too. So with lightning and with, uh, you know, getting sats, people are like, what, 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 what's lightning? What's sats? Um, <laughs> then, um, you know, it does. It, 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 yeah. It, just it, sort of a positive, just, just enabling a positive feedback loop and i think that that's um right. and it's something that it it enables within a bunch of different apps and uh, and the and the trick is to read them out as you said todd you know the trick is to read them out because if you read out you know emails that you've got um from your from your audience or whatever it is then other people think oh i can email this show and mm -hmm. i can and they and they'll actually read it um and so it it turns into a ro into a you know into a flywheel of flywheel of feedback right yes <laughs> so it's it is a um it's a double-edged sword because if you don't mm. get email and you don't get comments and you implement all this stuff and all of a sudden you've done this implementation and it's still equaling zero yes uh that can be a bit discouraging as well right yes so yes. well, if you don't if you don't have any listeners to your podcast, that's possibly <laughs> it's possibly a time for you to, uh, yeah, reel back and go. Hmm, it, I wonder why why this is the case. You yeah. know, and 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 it's and I have this conversation a lot with content creators. Look at their numbers; they're doing great. You know, let's say they have a thousand downloads or plays a an episode, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. they think they're doing bad. And you're you know you're talking them through you know what you're seeing and growth rate and everything else, and then. I'm asking, like, how many emails are you getting per episode? Are you getting there? Like, well, I get no emails. I said, well, do you even tell them you can email you? Well, no. So yes, sometimes it's exactly. just telling the content creator, hey, uh -huh. you, you got to tell the audience to email you. If you want feedback, mm. you got to give them an easy way, email, text, whatever way you want to do it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's called being open. I mean, you can't hide. You know, I think a lot of podcasters, Todd, I'm sure you and oh. you've seen it as much as I have too, is there's a lot of podcasters that just kind of hide. There's no way to get you, a hold you of them. Can't, there's no contact link on their right. page. There's no, there's yeah. nothing. There is, right. you know, and it's like, okay, so what do I do? Do I go to the who is database and try to find them that way? Or, you know, it's, yeah. <laughs> right. And what you can't do anymore, but. Well, yeah. And a lot of people feel uncomfortable putting their email addresses up because they feel like they're, they're going to get spammed or something like that. There's that, a way to to do it out there without. Well, Gmail get, has right. has millions of emails being created every day that are spammers are using. So just create one for your show. You know, <laughs> right. be sure to check it every day, though. Right. right. It's interesting, That's though. True. I've not. I've not. Uh, uh, you know, you're 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 making me think that um, those uh, websites that podcast hosts, you know, automatically give you. <laughs> none of those, as far as I can think of actually has a contact us section hmm. oh. actually has a form there maybe maybe i'm missing some but uh i mean you, you know that that might be an opportunity mightn't it for a, a bright podcast host um to move forward i'm no longer an advisor for one so maybe i should, uh, <laughs> I should become an advisor for one who knows um but uh, yeah that might, might might be a thing because you know i mean obviously if you're a podcast host one of the things that you really want is for your podcasters to keep podcasting yes. and give them as many tools as you possibly can because if they stop podcasting that's right. that's revenue that you that you're not going to get back that's exactly so, right um yeah so it strikes me that there's an opportunity there in in 
in you know as a simple feedback mechanism that at least could could actually exist there and could have some rudimentary you know spam filters and stuff on it on it as well and away you go well, I'll just say that every, have that, idea for free, that, that every Blueberry <laughs> podcaster who gets a free WordPress site automatically has a comment section turned on in their website. So oh, well, there you go. There yes. you go. Excellent. <laughs> as Excellent. long as they put in an active email address in there, it's the same with the yeah. Wilson, too. Yeah, well, um, they have to go. If they right. don't put an active email, well, there is. We, we, Nothing we put, works if you don't put an active we email. Put an active yeah, e- yeah, exactly. We right. put the account email address in there, but the it's still in the comment section there's still comments in the actual blog interface oh, yeah, they can right, read the right. comments but yeah, yeah contact think, pages think, you know again again w- w- one of the things i'm interested in with that adam curry is doing and dave jones is building uh, cross app comments as well so mm. if i leave a, a comment in one particular app um then i can still see that comment in in other apps so it's kind of you know i talk a lot about the empty pub uh, nobody feels comfortable <laughs> walking into an empty pub right uh, an empty bar because it's just like you know it's just you and the person behind the bar and it's just embarrassing mm-hmm. uh, or, or at least it certainly is for me um whereas if there are other people in there you feel much less embarrassed about being in there and much more likely to join in a conversation um so i really like the idea of cross-app comments to uh, to basically pull all of those comments from all of the different places where you can leave comments now um so that uh, you, you you know so that you're actually joining you know more of those people um right. together you know i but think that's really interesting there's two two problems that are mm-hmm. going to ha- it's going to happen with this number one the spammers are going to exploit this in a big right. way they're go- they're, right. they're going to come after it yeah. hard number two right. is and again, don't get me wrong. I love these ideas, love these concepts, love these yes. implementations. Implementation. How, yes. how, you know, what do we, I still say we have to incentivize, we have to incentivize the app developers to do this. Yes. So yes. let's say Overcast, get some sats. Yeah. Yeah, Overcast is a really bad example, but yes, I I, I know exactly what you mean. Okay, and actually, I, I mean, you know, the 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 way that it's the way that the um, tipping stuff is actually built is that I think five percent automatically goes to the to the podcast app. So there so, is some incentive there, but that's not uh, so helpful in terms of cross app comments and and all of the other. But fancy, it, it fancy builds things. into I, everything. But I do completely agree. It builds into yeah. everything because mm. if mm. your app is not a subscription model, it's a one and done. The person pays for it and they're done. They never get no more revenue yeah. from that. So yeah, yeah. You know what do we do to the app, incentivize the app developers to to implement this? So yeah. Well, you know, when I said when I sent my hundred thousand sats over to Adam Adam Curry for the bet, I sent it through Fountain, and Fountain takes a five percent um, uh, uh, fee of all of the uh, all of the payments, and so therefore, you know, the good folks at Fountain, Oscar Mary, ended up with uh, five thousand sats for essentially building the website that uh, building the, the the app that helped me send that uh, that 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 uh, thing uh, through. So, you know, I think that that's a perfect you know example of of yeah you know he he is now whatever 5000 sats is it's not it's not an awful right. lot it's about 3 or 4 3 or 4 dollars but nevertheless at least it's something and mm-hmm. if you multiply those up um when this thing gets into the mainstream then you know you are potentially talking about quite a lot of money yeah again i'm sure we're saying a lot of things people are like what hmm what is that what, what do you mean <laughs> 
<laughs> and the answer is, of course, go to podnews.net and just search for whatever there it is you that you go. don't know. That's and, right. And hopefully you should find it. Got the solution for you. Um, yeah. Yes, I wanted to change gears a little bit. Maybe we, we can talk about, um, you know, Todd and I, you know, came up in this in this medium early, and I'm I'm sure James, you saw it because you're involved in the medium uh, very early as well. But um, video, I'm just want to throw out video as we see the new year. I think mm. there's a lot of talk about uh, YouTube, and um, it's not so much that conversation. I don't think is in 100 about video in relation to YouTube, but I do kind of wonder about um, the growing interest of video in the context of podcasting and what you guys mm. think um, is, you know, 2022 going to look like with video integrating more in the experiences of podcasting, especially on the listener side and what podcasters need to do to embrace that growing perception that podcasting is video too. It is, has been for a long time since the beginning. I, I I, I agree, Todd, but we did go through a spell um, when video kind of fell off the radar. Yeah, where well, I was pretty much one of the few lone wolves that were actually put. And here's the difference, though. There is video, like we're doing live streaming now. Right, right. <laughs> and there is YouTube videos, which we're actually doing a YouTube video right now. But right. putting an actual video as a podcast is a whole different, I don't think that's going to change. I don't think, I think very few people will actually be uh, attaching video to an RSS feed. I, I just don't think that's going to change. I do think that a lot more people are going to live stream. And why, why did I start live streaming? It's very simple. I was in Hawaii. It was 8 PM Hawaiian. When I did my show it was two o'clock in the morning on the East coast. Matter of fact, James could have watched my show in Australia. I, I had more people watching my show live <laughs> yeah. from Australia than I did from the United States because of the time difference. I did it yeah. because I was tired of doing a solo show by myself and I wanted a little, just a little, little inter, feedback, little comes, feedback. Yeah. Comes right. back to what we were saying That's earlier right. about comments and, uh, and all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think there's two things in terms of video. I think one thing, um, there's some really interesting data that came out from the Canadian podcast listener 2021 report that came out, uh, last week. Um, and that said that 72% of people who find a podcast on YouTube go on to subscribe to it in a proper podcast app. Well, so it, actually YouTube is there being something is not necessarily a consumption platform for people who are enjoying podcasts. It's there as a discovery platform and people then go, oh, this is pretty good. I'll, I'll get this in my podcast app. Um, so I think that's interesting. And I think the other sort of side that, uh, that uh, you know, I, I wish would happen next year is that um, one of the reasons why video podcasts don't necessarily, you know, aren't necessarily as big as they could be, um, is that they end up being in different feeds and in different, you know, the, there's there's a new media show and then there's new media show video, um, and so you end up splitting your um, your uh, if there was an equivalent of Google Juice, you end up splitting that, um, and so therefore, if we were to um, you rework that a little bit so that you had one feed out there that had your audio and your video in there and the podcast app knew when to show you the video and knew when just to download the audio, um, then that may be a better solution because it may there then allow, you know, podcasters to have 
one feed rather than two or three or four. I mean, I don't know if you've seen the amount of, of different feeds that Leo Laporte has, for example. You know, he's know. got he's got you know Twit normal, Twit low bit bit rate, Twit, you know H two six five video. Yeah, exactly. And and so on he goes. And you can't see that that helps him very much in terms of the, you know, in terms of the total uh, charts and stuff like that. So I think something, you know, the alternate enclosure tag would be helpful there. But I think just just something that helps your podcast app know, um, you know, oh, he's turned the screen off. I'll stop down. I'll stop, um, you know, uh, downloading the video uh, uh, version of this and switch over to the audio version. Um, something like that might be useful. And the concern is that, of course, Spotify has already built that and has therefore built their own proprietary video podcasting platform. Thank you, Spotify. Um, but it would be really nice if you would be a little bit more open. And, um, you know, if you've, if you've uh, thought of a standard here in terms of how video podcasting ought to work, then uh, share it with the rest of us and we'll probably, in, you know, we'll probably stick that into, into all podcast apps and everybody will be happy. But, uh, yeah, so, um, but, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that there'll be more video components in podcasts as we move uh, forward. I'm fascinated to learn what Todd has already learned, so I hear, about how YouTube podcasting is going to work uh, and everything else. I think, uh, I think it's going to be an interesting, an interesting time for next year. You know, I, here's the thing about um, video consumption. It's different. Yeah. I, you know, that's you, why it's an opportunity too. You, you, yeah. Okay, so I watch most of my YouTube stuff on a big screen TV. I've got a yep. smart TV. Same thing with me. Yep. And once in a while, like, okay, recently I was changing out a, a alternator belt for my son in a particular vehicle. I couldn't figure out where the tensioner was. Couldn't get my head down in there far enough to. So I, you know, got the YouTube video out. Oh, there's where the tensioner is. So yeah. That yeah. type of thing is on my phone, you know, standing outside the car, working on the car. But the the other piece is the way this audience is split and the way Geek News Central split is about the same. It's about 70, 30 with Geek News Central, 80, 20 with this, 20%. Watch the video. Well, why? Well, it mm. depends on where, you know, where they're listening. is, and They're not necessarily watching on their phone. They're on their computer in Chrome browser. Yeah. watching it and oftentimes i'm sure they're at work and maybe they flip it back and forth they're listening maybe they want to see what i'm what we're pointing out or something they come back to it so i i think the consumption is different and it's definitely an opportunity um we already know that I don't think there's ever going to be dual enclosures and feeds i think that's that ship has already sailed the alternate enclosure Again, adoption. Who who's adopted it? And mm. well, nobody's doing it, so there isn't going to be any. Well, adoption. there's some, right. but the problem yeah, is there are some. But the, are there? Yeah. Are there? Okay. The, the mm. problem is again, from my perspective, and Rob, same. You're going to face the same thing at Libsyn, right? Is I'm accountable to my board for providing features and services to ni the ninety nine percent, not the one percent. Yeah. Yeah. It, but right. then, if you were if you were going to say that, then you'd never build anything new. So, no, there's, well, there's, no. there's the balance. There's the balance there. I, wait, I you wait. see. I, I think let's let's broaden this out a little bit because I think that um, uh, um, here's a here's an argument. Podcast hosts, you 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 folks shouldn't um, 
shouldn't just take somebody's audio and publish it on the internet. You should re-encode it to the best, most efficient codex and produce <laughs> different d- different versions for different devices to save you bandwidth money and to give the best experience to the user. Is that a good idea, or is that or is that insanity? Well, that's that's the model that uh, Stitcher was built on. Well, I'll tell yes, you this: is. the second you do that, you get crucified. But it's not the way they're doing it now. Right? You get crucified. Yeah. The the right. podcaster crucifies you for touching their Why audio. Is that? Well, mm. Todd, oh. I don't know if that's so much the case anymore. Uh, I think the, the 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 longer standing podcasters would. I don't know that the newer podcasters really even care or understand what's happening. Um. And to kind of add to this a little bit on the video side too, I, I'm, I occasionally talk to companies and people out there that are trying to play around with the ideas around video. And one of the things I hear people talk about is, well, why can't we put a, why can't we publish a link to a YouTube video in an RSS feed? You um, can. Mm. And, and push that out versus, because at the end of the day, this conversation really gets back to money comes back to dollars and cents. It's mm. it's more expensive to host a video file than it yeah. is an audio file. Yeah. So, and at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is get the video into podcast um, consumption platforms, mm-hmm. right? Um, and what's the easiest way to do that? Now, granted, you know, some people think about, well, there is an open API that's available or a way that you can extract the video file from YouTube and mm. then push it into a, to, to an enclosure file, but that doesn't solve the, the player and bandwidth and storage issue. Um, and so I think there's been a lot of people playing around with different things, um, different Mm. options here, but I don't know what you guys think about those. Well, you can, a lot of people that do video, put the YouTube and video in their blog post. Right. They can do that right now. They can do that now, but people Mm. probably not consuming it there. They're discovering it on YouTube and playing it on YouTube. Right. So I think the bigger opportunity on video is if you're doing it on YouTube, you better be doggone sure that you're telling people that's watching on YouTube where the site is, where you can go get followers. Yeah. Like James said, follow mm-hmm. subscribe to podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You, you use it as a lead generator. Yeah. I mean, I, I am, I am automatically putting my show, uh, putting the pod news, um, daily podcast that I do onto YouTube um, it, it, it happens automatically with some scripts that I've written and, you know, and that it gets, you know, somewhere in the region of 15 plays on YouTube. Now that doesn't sound like an awful lot, but when you have a look at, you know, mm-hmm. the amount of plays that I get in podcast addicts or the amount of plays that I get in overcast or, you know, some of the smaller podcast apps out there, it's much the same. Yeah. So if you think about, uh, about it as just another player, um, and you can automate getting your show in there, um, then it seems to work quite nicely. I do like the idea perhaps of having um, in the alternate enclosure tag, perhaps having a link to the video on YouTube, um, which would then enable a podcast app if it was clever enough to go, oh, this, yeah. is, this is also available on YouTube. I'll embed the, the standard YouTube player in there. Um, you know, that, that, that doesn't sound like the world's most complicated thing to end up doing because, you know, the SDK for YouTube is, you know, relatively mature. So that might be an interesting, you know, an interesting, easy way, but obviously podcast hosts probably aren't going to be 
Well, I don't know. Our podcast host is going to be keen in doing that because they'll end up saving themselves an awful lot of bandwidth and, and people yeah. still need to run their RSS feeds. So right. perhaps perhaps this is a good thing for podcast hosts. I don't know. But, uh, well, yeah. you know, I, I look at my YouTube. I'm just looking at it right now. Uh, last episode of my GNC, 16. One before that, 21. 60, mm. 27, 30, 27. In the scheme of things, you know. Yeah. But how many of those were watching live? Probably 10 or 15. They pop in for a little bit. But you go and look and also, at... also, how many of those are brand new to your show? They've been, rec- they've been recommended your show from the YouTube algorithm. And then they go and subscribe um, right. Right. for right. three years right. in, mm-hmm. in a podcast app. Right. Uh, this, is, this is what we don't know, I, I suppose. Yeah. And I think from, but, that, from that point of view, then great. You know, that'd be really good. And having been done this for years, how many do I have? I've got... Oh, did we lose somebody? Audio no. just changed. Oh, that was weird. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, maybe maybe me, me muting my mic. So yeah. I, I've got, there's probably over six. Well, just with CES coverage alone, there's a couple thousand. But yeah, there, there's a lot of videos on here. And I still have, <laughs> I got a sucky channel. I don't have, you know, I think the biggest video I have is like 49,000 views or something like that. Um from a single mm. from a single video, but not it wasn't wasn't a podcast. It was just a regular YouTube video. Yeah. But again, I I, I agree. It doesn't matter where they listen, as long as they listen, and then they know how to get back to Moonbase Alpha and follow or subscribe the show, or they just go look for it on a on an app. So I I don't disagree that it's a it's a number two search engine. So why wouldn't it be good? Don, and also I've I've noticed too because. I, I, like you, have been consuming quite a bit of um, videos on YouTube as well. And I've noticed that the that the ads now on YouTube are oftentimes longer than the content. Um, I, I pay to get you, rid of that stuff now. I pay the $17. Yeah, me too. And, yeah, I don't. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, but it's interesting that that's happening, I guess, is what, what I'm saying, is that that uh, platform is turned into... Video um, is expensive. Right to deliver doesn't matter who is delivering right. it <laughs> right but those ads are i mean i've seen ads in there uh you know like microsoft will run an ai ad or something like that and that'll be like a 27 minute ad what um yeah no that's that's but you can skip ad. it after 15 well, you seconds can, or something. right right it does say go ahead you know you can click skip if you mm. want but you but you have to watch like maybe 25 seconds or something of it before you can skip it um mm. but but yeah i've been seeing that get longer and longer and longer and people are trying to insert their webinars or their presentations or whatever before content that's relevant to that topic. So it's, it's an interesting phenomenon around advertising on that. It's, it's really, in most cases, it's, it's pure content yeah. marketing is what it is. Yeah. It's not really yeah. an ad. The best 16 or $17 I spend a month for YouTube yeah. is getting rid of the ads. I, I would agree. And also you get with that, you get YouTube music, which is, a, is such a superior music um, player to uh, to uh, Spotify. Um, you know, it does so many clever things. Uh, that, it's a good uh, lead in to that topic, though, James. <laughs> of, of, of YouTube podcasting, if they do that, right? It would just be an audio only experience, right? Or would yep. it? If, if they do that, I, I don't know if they're going to or not, but yeah. What do you think, yeah. Todd? Oh, boy. 
<laughs> I know something. I know something. I've been. I had lunch with somebody. No, it's. I we'll see what YouTube does. I'll just leave it at that. But I, I, well, I in put, the, put Todd on the spot, James. What do you know, Todd? I don't know anything. I'm just uh, saying it. But you know, I think let's go back to the core of where we started this conversation about video. Video for most podcaster is for interaction, and they do some interaction. They do Streamyard, whatever they do to use to mm. do their thing live. Mm. They put it on YouTube. They put it on LinkedIn. They put it on Twitter, Twitch, wherever they put it. It's purely to get some interaction because the majority of podcasters will never get enough views on YouTube in order to monetize because it's such a yeah. high barrier to entry to monetize on YouTube. You have a, mm. you much have a much better chance of monetizing on a podcast than you do on YouTube anytime. So it has to be a discovery vehicle for, for your show. And it's a great one. Don't get me wrong. I've been doing it for years. So, you know, I started, I, I think I've been live streaming. I live streamed on blab and not blab, uh, blip. blip yeah. I had blip, I think, or Ustream was the first, uh, mm. platform I was streaming on. Right. So, you know, this is, this has been a long time thing for me for, to do live. And it was purely because yeah. of the interaction. And I think podcasters are starting to figure that out. But then again, it doesn't bode well for the podcaster that's hung up on editing because once your video's out, it's out. There's really no yeah. fixing it if there's a mistake. So then people that aren't doing a live show then are going to edit their show. Then they're going to put it up on YouTube. So it goes that way. It'll work that way as well. But mm. you know, that's the question. How many is going to do live? And then how many will post to YouTube? What's that ratio going to be? Mm. Yeah. I do I, feel mm. some pressure Todd in this area around, um, more of people feeling like doing high quality productions, right. Um, sound design and um, audio depth and all the stuff and that somehow conversational shows, not like, not unlike this are less than right. Um, and that it's perceived as not as, um, high quality. Right. Um, well, I, I think some people are starting yeah. to figure out that raw is pretty awesome. Yeah. It, that's where it gets into live, right? Mm -hmm. Live is part of that, right? Part of that mixture. But, but I don't know, James, do you, do you see that too? I see that this industry moving more and more towards fiction and, you know, in-depth storytelling mm -hmm. and true crime and all this stuff. And it, it's, it's kind of, that can only be so many of those. Much harder. Those are much harder to do live, aren't yeah. they? And, and um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I think right. certainly the, there's a portion of the industry which is moving towards um, podcasts as just IP. Um, mm. You know, we come up with a good idea, we come up with a good story, we'll make it into a podcast to show that it could be successful if made into a movie. But the only reason they're making it into a podcast is to you know, get, um, uh, is to, is to get, uh, investors interested in turning it into a movie, you know, in the right. first place, um, which I'm not sure necessarily treats podcasting in the, with the, with, with, with the respect that it possibly ought to be treated by. But anyway, um, but yeah, you know, I mean, I think certainly once you start having a look at, um, you know, some of the, you know, beautifully rich podcasts, I mean, and they've always been, you know, around, I mean, Radio Lab, for example, is, is a great, as a great example of a show, which is, Fantastic. you know, so carefully put together. Um, I remember the BBC wanted to buy Radio Lab and air Radio Lab, but they said, 
oh, you know, our broadcast clocks, uh, you need to make it two <laughs> minutes shorter. Two minutes shorter. And the folks at Radiolab, I talked to Robert Crowwich about this, um, you know, a while back. And, and he basically said, we can't make it two minutes shorter because we'd have to remake the entire thing. And it's just so much hard work. So we told the BBC to get stuffed, which I thought was, uh, you know, the, the, the brave thing to do. But, um, but yeah, you know, so I think, I think all of those beautifully curated shows don't necessarily work on YouTube, whereas a show like this... Uh, works fantastically on YouTube. Um, you know, I think this is a this is a great uh, thing that YouTube is there for. Um, so, um, but uh, y- y- you know, so I think I think it's it works for certain shows. Um, I think so too, but not necessarily for others. Yeah, and and if you don't have a video component, are people really listening to a screensaver? <laughs> you know, they're just they're listening. They're not yeah. really watching. You know, yeah, I've I seen, mean, you know, Daniel Daniel J. Lewis calls it fake video and says that the YouTube algorithm will will you know will harm you and blah blah blah. I'm I'm not I'm I'm not so sure that it's worthwhile getting angry about. But I think um, and weirdly, I keep on being recommended uh, the Pod News podcast on YouTube, um, which is a very strange thing of seeing your stuff being recommended to you. <laughs> That's kind of funny. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's clearly being recommended to some people, although by, judging by the numbers, not an awful lot. Um, but uh, but yeah, you know. But it's it's just another tool, and you know, I'm 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 interested to see what YouTube do in terms of podcasting. Um, it's very clear that Google Podcasting, you know, Google um, is a company with uh, you know who just chase the flashing lights and it's very clear that google podcasting whoever it is who who came up with the idea is long gone and therefore you know uh it's it's another failed experiment from uh from uh, google it's a really big podcast app but no one at google seems seems to care about it um and and the back end tools are a bit buggy and a bit broken and uh, and it's a shame and it would be lovely if if google were to spend a little bit more time and perhaps giving it to the alphabet team um, to get uh, into YouTube may be the right, may be the right plan. Um, but I would really hope, you know, if, if there's one thing that Google has been pretty good at, it's been working on open platforms, working on open, um, you know, open, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, tools to, um, to keep things, you know, relatively open. They haven't always done that, but they've done that in a pretty good Google has. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You know, not not always, but most of the time they've been pretty good at sort of you know setting open open standards and everything else. And if they end up doing that a little bit in terms of the the, the podcast world, then great. You know, um, uh, we could do we, we could do with a little bit of uh, a little bit of help in that area. So uh, yeah, but um, yeah, if you uh, you know, I mean, I heard you, Todd, saying that. Uh, YouTube, um, you would be able to get an RSS feed of of uh, of your show on YouTube in the future, perhaps. I mean, they used to have RSS feeds in the dim and distant past. I wouldn't hold your breath. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> so it'd be interesting. <laughs> interesting to see if they turn into into a podcast host as well as as well as just a podcast player and. You know, I mean, podcasting would be just a drop in the ocean in terms of their bandwidth bill. So, oh, it'd be nothing. Well, you know. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Around maybe, that would, a, maybe well, that would only, be a plan. The only justification they would have for, for, for doing that would be as if they wanted to get in the podcast advertising business. Mm. 
Yeah. But, so, but, they've, yeah. but they've already sold, they're, they're now selling audio ads for YouTube music, particularly in Canada, where, where they've... Um, uh, where they've uh, they're trying a, a different model of YouTube music. So if they're selling audio ads now, then they've got the capability to sell audio ads within within podcast shows as well. So um, and of course they are one of the only only large companies that have payment plans already set up across the world. You know you can be a YouTube right. creator anywhere in the world and you will get paid. And they'll sort out the tax for you and and everything else. There's there are very very few companies who can do that. Spotify still can't, which is why we're not seeing right. Spotify paid subscription in more than ten different countries. Um, but Apple can, and uh, Google can through through YouTube or through the Google Play Store. Um, so that's actually a real opportunity that they've got that frankly nobody else has. So yeah. you know, again, interesting to see. Yeah. What, what well, and also think about the core business models of all these companies too. What they, hmm. where their bread and butter is. Uh, Google is primarily hmm. an advertising company, right? Yeah. So if if there was anybody in the medium that would benefit from getting involved in podcast advertising, it's Google, right? So yeah, yeah. it's it just seems like that they've they've really kind of let this one go by, uh, probably longer than. I I expected I expected them to be involved in podcast advertising a long time ago, but um, I think they did acquire an audio company at one point because I think they, they were trying to sell remnant audio ads um, uh, for yeah they radio. did they bought they right. bought a radio company uh, a radio advertising company um, and I remember at an NAB uh, show. There right. was this whole, you know, Google. Google was there in force, and everybody was very excited. This was in Rome, in <laughs> in uh, Italy. Google was there in force. Everybody was really excited. And typical Google, you know, they lost interest in six months and moved on. Right. But I think that the idea was that that yeah, they were going to sell remnant ads, and those remnant ads, they would sell those on broadcast radio because broadcast radio is still, you know, eighteen billion dollars a year, so it's still a pretty big market. So they were going to do that but also do some clever location-based advertising when you were listening on your phone and various other things. Um, I can't remember the name of the company that they bought, but it was a full play-out system that did all kinds of stuff, and Google ended up buying it and, and you know, and then, and then lost interest and moved on. So, um, yeah, so, it, 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 you know, if, if YouTube's interest in podcasting helps helps the company as a whole get more interested in the in the whole podcast space then you know i think that that might be quite might be quite interesting well time will tell if that happens mm. the other company that's yeah. been been fascinating to see um get involved in advertising and it's a company that you you wouldn't necessarily um associate with this is amazon um mm. they've had a very aggressive position on um advertising in, in general here over the last six months that I've seen. <clears throat> and I believe it's one of the reasons why they, they wanted to acquire, um, art 19 and, and Wondery. Um, so they could, they could really mm. push on the, the, the ad business cause they have a huge division now at Amazon called Amazon ads. Um, yeah, I've seen a lot of marketing and promotion for, um, for that, that tools, tools platform that they have um it's so, astonishingly large right. do you know how large it is 
I mean, podcasting is $1 billion a year, right? Amazon mm. advertising, $26 billion this year it'll make. Right. $26 billion. It's massive. Yeah. So, yeah. but if you, if you contrast that with Google, Google's much bigger than even that. So, right? the podcast oh, ad sure. revenue yeah, yeah. is so small, the only way you get a billion to three is you got to get the rest of the stack monetized. All that's, of it. Yeah. That's All where, of it. That's where programmatic comes in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 No, it's, uh, yeah. Well, interesting. We we're at uh, ninety minutes. That just went fast. I have a I I have a question, if mm. you don't mind. Sure. Uh, it's a very very important question. Beards. Wow. Oh. I've got a beard. Todd seems to have kept his. I'm only having it for November beard, uh, which I think looks good. Rob beard. I used to have one, and I I. I moved past that phase in life, so now I'm back to clean, clean-shaven <laughs> experiences now. I moved so, past that phase. <laughs> so, so, so I, 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 I put up Rob front and center on the screen. You guys are still, you don't know he's he's being streamed directly now, but Rob will soon be joining me uh, in the Baldhead Club. I would think <laughs> at some point in the near future. So, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight that battle all the way down. It's gonna you know take <laughs> t- take me down, but yeah. Well, I went through the stage where I was doing the comb over and then I went through the stage where I had the spiky hair and then COVID because I couldn't go to the barber every two weeks. I said, forget it. That's it. I think what we need is we need a photograph of, we've already seen your Harry Potter photograph from 2006 from your brilliant predictions uh, uh, article. Um, So uh, we've already seen you as, as, as uh, Harry Potter, Rob, it would be great to see a picture of you with the beard. Um, right. if you can find, find one of those. So, Actually, I think it's out there. I could, I could definitely publish it in my Twitter account. So I do, <laughs> I do have to ask what, uh, what, what enticed you to want to try to intimidate me such blasphemy? <laughs> What's this? Oh, impersonate you. Yeah. Impersonate yeah. Yeah. How not, did... not, not, not intimidate you. I couldn't uh, intimidate well, you. Impersonate me. I'm sorry. I used the wrong word. That's my upper yeah. high school. Oh, that's right. On the show a that's couple, right. couple of weeks ago. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's, it was just, it was just, it was just fun to do. I did it. I did it earlier on. I think I got away with it. Uh, so, uh, yes, it's always, it's always good, but, uh, yes, it's, it's, um, uh, every so often, uh, doing a little a little impersonation of Todd uh, is uh, always the. Uh, I went for lunch. I went for lunch. I know things. I went for lunch. <laughs> Did you? Uh, you you got to pick up the Toddisms, though. You know that's the key. The Toddisms where I destroy. Uh, you know this thing called English. So. Well, <laughs> 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 One thing's for sure: if I can do a podcast, anybody can do a podcast. You know, it's just in the end, it's like you know, it might take you a little while, but. <laughs> yeah. practice makes perfect says, right says the man who's been podcasting longer than virtually anybody else on the planet yeah uh, there's a yeah. few of us yeah. left i don't know how many what is how many how many are left rob five ten from the beginning yeah, probably yeah don and drew well, i know it's probably a bigger uh, number than that it's probably maybe 10 or 15 probably yeah but so so james i will uh, when do you think uh, we're going to see your bright, shiny face on, on this side of the planet, do you think? <laughs> so I'm hoping, uh, I'm hoping that uh, uh, Podcast Movement Evolutions in March. Oh, okay. Um, 
I'm hoping that I'll be doing that. Um, so far, I'm hoping to be at Podcast Movement Evolutions. I haven't booked the tickets yet, so you can tell how, how confident <laughs> I am about uh, the world in general. Well, you, um, it, you can come to America. Your country might not let you out, though. So we're right. just about to hit 90% in Queensland. <laughs> so that means that uh, I can leave the country and, more importantly, come back again. Uh, <laughs> that's the important bit. Um, so so we, we should be okay there. Um, so I'm hoping to do that. And then in May, there's a big radio conference that I'm hoping to go to in Sweden, um, the uh, Radio Days Europe, followed by the podcast show, which is a big new podcast uh, kind of half conference, half sort of festival in right. London. Uh, and that's towards the end of uh, May. So I'm hoping to be there as well. Um, they've, uh, they've, they've asked me if I would do an episode of Podland on stage with uh, wow. Sam and I, which is my other my other podcast. So, um, and that's filling me with complete dread because that's that's not what I do. But uh, if they've asked me to do that, <laughs> then I might I might end up having to do that. So that might be fun. But uh, yeah, those so those those are the two things that I currently have, and um, I'm really hoping that in 2022 I can actually travel again and and see you know and see people and see you know and see you know todd in the bar and um stand <laughs> stand next to you rob and feel small uh, and do all of these things you know so uh yeah it'd be good you know it, it, i've asked the that show in the uk what their registration numbers are and mm. they keep telling me we're estimated to have this many people yeah, well, they've, not, they've not started selling uh, the tickets yet. They'll be selling oh. the tickets in uh, early February, I think. So how can I, as a company, you know, it's it's a big number to go over there and do that show, you know. So we think about airfare, just everything, you know, getting it, shipping stuff yeah. in and shipping stuff out. So, you know, I, I want to, I hate to say it, but I want a guarantee. I want a minimum guarantee because mm. if I show mm. up and they don't mit hit that number, then mm. I'm expecting some yeah, refunds. I think it's going to be it's going to be very difficult for anybody on uh, doing any uh, doing any uh, uh, you know events to be able to give um, you know guarantees in that in in that way currently. Yeah, I think so. But too. I mean, what 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 I um, you know the podcast show in London is I think quite interesting in that the people who are running it have an awful lot of really good experience in running those sorts of large shows. They've done a bunch of really big, large events in the past. Um, and the way that this is going to work is it, there's going to be a week's worth of shows that you can go and watch um, being being recorded. They've um, got uh, quite a few different venues. Some of them are pubs, some of them are theatres. Uh, across north 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 london so that's going to be over a week and then in uh, and then they've got a two-day uh business conference as well you know coinciding with that and they've got some pretty big names who i know because uh, i'm helping them with some of the names you know who are already speaking um so it'll be good to see you know they, they've certainly got if if anybody is going to pull pull it off it's the people who are working on that show um and and i think certainly Looking at um, looking at the European podcast market, there's a real opportunity, I think, in um, companies focusing on that market. It's growing very, very rapidly. 
at the moment. Um, and and I think you know companies coming over and you know showing their face and saying, hey, you know this is us, this is what we do. Uh, I think would be a real you know a real opportunity. So um, yeah, but um, you know it'll be interesting. You know it, it's obviously going to be a first time for them and um, the first time really that Europe has had a very large. Um, a podcast conference in this way they've had podcast day which um right. you know has been quite successful for them but that's very much focused on content not focused on all of the other things that podcasting is focused on uh and very much you know public radio focused and everything else so that so the podcast show being much more open around the business side around uh, a lot more of that kind of stuff is i think going to be really interesting and it's the first for you know the first for everybody so yeah it, but the way you know, be honest with you, if if it's going to be a bunch of podcasters, current podcasters, there's no mm. opportunity there for a company like mine because mm. podcasters don't move. They don't move from host to host. It's very, they, they do, yeah. but in small numbers. So it's, yeah. you know, the events to go to are the ones where you capture that audience. Brand that, new. Brand, brand new. new. Yeah. Yeah, brand yeah. New. yeah. 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 So if there's, if there's yeah. go ahead, Rob. Yeah, certainly a festival that surrounds this um, can create an atmosphere could. of fans, right? That um, could turn into becoming podcasters. Could. Um, so that's the big, big, big rub. I know that they've made claims of trying to get out six thousand people, uh, which would basically be double or more the size of podcast movement in the U.S. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but it's also you know it's an unknown right now. I I just I don't think any of us know because there hasn't been any really great examples of any big shows that have come back no. um, to the same levels well, that they we'll used to We'll find out how CES right. is here in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Right. Well, CES is going to be really interesting to watch. And I mean, I think certainly, you know, with the stuff going on in, in the UK at the moment, particularly um, uh, in terms of the Omicron stuff and everything else, I, it, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what that, you know, what that does to the confidence there. But this, but this show, you know, I mean, it's been, um, it was supposed to have happened a couple of years ago um, yeah. and they've kicked it down the, down the road twice. Um, I think yeah. that May is going to be a pretty good time for them. Um, mm -hmm. And they've got a lot of big, big partners, you know, who are involved in it. Uh, you know, our friends at Spotify, uh, our friends at Amazon uh, and, and, and a bunch of other people in there as well. So, um, so I think you know it, it. It would be worthwhile, and in any case, you know, it'd be good. Uh, it'd be good to see you both outside of the U.S. and yeah. uh, and 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 for me to feel, um, for me to not feel as if I'm I'm the foreigner, <laughs> uh, and to and to have that on the other foot. Well, be, I'm uh, I'm holding I'm holding my breath that CES doesn't get canceled. They're at a yeah. very close window where if right. they're going to do it, they have to do it because really people are starting to ship stuff already. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, the NAB show that was cancelled within within a week, uh, wasn't it? It's was two weeks out. So was it two weeks? Yeah, out? it was two yeah. weeks. So we're now. Oh, it was, a, it was IBC. IBC that was cancelled within a week we're in Amsterdam. Fourteen days right now from the actual show start, but you yeah. your move in starts on two January. So yeah, of course. Um, of course. Really, we're ten days out. So I don't think they can cancel at this point. I think they're too close. Because when people start shipping tens and thousand dollars worth of stuff and have semis heading towards Vegas, yeah. which they do, yeah, yeah, yeah. and flying airplanes mm. from China, um, yes. yeah, we'll see. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. one one little 
complicational point here is that it looks like the podcast show in London is going on on May 25th through the 26th. And, um, it, it looks like, um, and then there's Podfest, Podfest isn't there? Yeah. Is Pod, going on Podfest on the same is, days. Yeah. Podfest right. is, uh, is a couple of days later. And so you can mm, just about sorry. go to one bit of, of the podcast show and then go over to, over to Florida. Yeah. So uh, okay, if, well, if, if okay, Podfest well. is, is better for, for right. yeah. Is better for you guys, then you know. Obviously, you're probably going to end up doing that. But, or you uh, do, two, yeah. or we do two, and yeah. send two teams. So yeah, yeah. So Podfest runs from May 26th. Send McKenzie to Florida. That's, to, that's what. That's the plan. To, to May May 29th. So it starts on the 26th. So Rob, have you guys made a decision? Are you guys going to exhibit? Oh, at at the London show. Yeah. Uh no, we haven't made a decision. Mm. No. Well, I know that your CEO owns a house in London, so um, <laughs> so that's a nice cheap way of uh, of getting in. So uh, yeah, that might be a plan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he's actually over there this week. So yeah. All right, <laughs> all right. We're we're long, long, long. This is turning into another Adam Curry uh, episode here. So, uh, <laughs> oh well, James. Uh, everyone knows where you're at, but go ahead and tell them anyway. Oh, so, um, uh, yes, podnews.net, very good newsletter. comes out every day. It's all about podcasting. If you like this show, you'll like um, Podnews. Um, please go and subscribe. It's free. All right. I'm Thank Todd you. at Blueberry.com, at Geek News on Twitter. And I'm at uh, Rob G at Lipson.com, email, and uh, on Twitter as well, at Rob Greenlee. So send us an email. I'd All right. Hear from you. We'll be yep. back for another show next week, right before the new year. So uh, everyone have a Merry Christmas and uh, or Happy Holidays, whichever way you look yep. at it. And uh, but James, thanks for coming on. It's so early. What, what time do you have to wake up this morning? Five thirty to be ready to go this uh, morning. Five thirty, but it was it was it was all good, and it's always a it's always a great pleasure to be on this show. And uh, I'm surprised uh, you don't have a like long time fan. I'm surprised you haven't been inhaling coffee while we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that that is going to be my next my next plan <laughs> okay. in having coffee, right. and also I'm delighted that uh, we're having house renovations done, and um, uh, my last few days have been waking up to hammer the 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 tradespeople here, plasterers and every, and carpenters and everybody else start at half past six in the morning, and uh, and so uh, yeah, that's not a great way to wake that, up. So that, thankfully, we've avoided all of the hammering and everything else. Most of that show. is outlaw the United States. They can't start before eight. And they can't run. No, it's, it's, it's <laughs> half past six in the morning. And the reason why is that they finish at three o'clock in the afternoon because after that point, it's too damn hot. Oh. Uh, so, so they end up <laughs> so they end up going because it just gets too ridiculously hot. I think it's going to go up to about ninety-two today. Beautiful. Uh, wow. So yeah, it's going to be a nice uh, another nice nice warm day. Wow. So uh, I'll, yeah, I'll train I'm looking you. forward to a coffee now. Though. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks. We'll see you next time here. Thanks, Shane. Okay. Thank you, Bye. to everybody.